whatever you want from me, you can have it, whatever you want, whatever you need from me, baby have it, whatever you need, it's all about the sweet communication. And welcome to the IDP show preview pod for week eight. I am your host this evening, Jake Colhagen, joined by the most magnificent bearded son of a gun that I have ever met, the Kyle Bellafield of football guys. Kyle, how are you this evening? No holes in ones today, right? No, no, just some very mediocre or below mediocre golf um, today for me. But hey, I got the golf probably the last round of the year. It's getting cold up here. Um, in the up but hey we, we got one more in but hey dude hey, thanks for having me man it's uh it's great great to be here uh, i'm pumped to uh get to chat with you and talk some ball brother dude i, I love my time with evan but if, it, if if i can replace it with time with kyle that's always a, an acceptable <laughs> replacement so well, i i'm stoked to i'm stoked to work with you tonight sir so with that said let's jump right into it because we got a full slate of games no bye weeks this week um coming off of week seven where we had six teams on bye. so first matchup um, we're going to go back and forth here. Uh, Kyle's got the away teams. I got the home, te- home teams. We're going to hit some of those notes for you we think very relevant. We're not going to talk about how you need to start, start Micah Parsons because you know that you need to start Mark, start Micah Parsons. Um, we're going to try and talk through some of those other pieces that are, have a little bit more uncertainty to them or a little gray area or just some of those those notes we need to pay attention to. So that said, Kyle, take us away with the Buccaneers Bills on Thursday night. Right on, buddy. Um, first guy I want to talk about is uh, Shaquille Barrett, um, edge for for the Buccaneers. Uh, last week he had seven tackles and, and he got home for his second sack of the year um, against Atlanta. Um, it was it was great to see uh, you, you know Shaq get back, making splash plays behind the line after after a quiet couple weeks. But um, week eight, it's uh, it's a tougher matchup for uh, you know defensive ends, edge rushers against Buffalo. So um, while you know it's great to see Shaq making it happen, uh, it's a little bit tougher you know a little bit tougher matchup from this week so i'm tempering expectations on on shack this week so um i mean hey deeper leagues if you want to roll them out get it but you know it's uh it's definitely uh you know a tougher week for him um next guy looking at is uh ryan neal safety for the bucks uh he had 10 tackles in week seven um after just eight tackles combined uh the previous two games um you know neil you know, he gets a little bit of sleeper hype before the year he hasn't uh, hasn't quite been what we had hoped, you know, holding on that more box role in Tampa. And uh, but you know, th- last week was a good week. He spent about half his time up in the box. Um, I hope he keeps it going, but you know, I still see him more as like a safety three, safety four type, not you know, chasing the numbers, starting him over a uh, uh, you know a guy I got higher in my ranks just because he had a, a nice week um, type of deal there. Um, and then you, the last guy here, um, the, the biggest name of, of the guys we're, I'm going to talk about for the Bucks is uh, Mr. Devin White. What do we do with Mr. Devin White, Jake? Um, he's been an inefficient tackler, and the splash plays just haven't been there, right, this year so far. Um, one tackle for loss and zero sacks so far. So uh, it's just not great there. And uh, the grades have been pretty rough as well. That's the norm with him, though. We, we've seen that, right? Um you're likely not looking to sit him or anything given where you drafted him, right? Because he's got that, you know, name power pull when draft season, um, you know, obviously depending on your options, but uh, it's just, it hasn't been ideal for, for Devin White. Uh, I don't know how you feel on Mr. Devin White. No, I'm with you. Right. And I think 
uh, even his pass rush grade for PFF has been the lowest of his career yeah. so far, right? You you mentioned it perfectly. That's been his calling card, right? He's had six, nine, seven, eight sack seasons, but nothing so far this year. And and the and the PFF grades reflect that. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was just talking with Mr. Macri of PFF uh, as well, and he called him Devin Beige, right? You know, Devin Off White. Macri's such a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is in so many ways but he is <laughs> so no I, i'm i'm totally with you on that uh but speaking of linebacker problems we're jumping over to the buffalo side dorian williams um pulled again after 21 snaps in favor of tyrell dotson last week um and dotson played the remaining 31 this is the second time this has now happened um this buffalo bills linebacker two position and now we're looking at a short week to prepare with the thursday matchup if you have to play someone from this from this linebacker two position for the Bills, um, I'm going to lean Dotson, veteran, uh, short week. I think they've they've shown that they're trying to make Dorian Williams a thing, and it's not a thing yet. So um, I would stay away from it if you can, especially since we have a full complement of games, so a full complement of IDPs to pick from, um, and hopefully maybe you'll catch some names later in the in the show that'll maybe you can replace in there. But for now, uh, it's Dotson for me. But if you can avoid it, I think you should try to avoid it. Um, the other name that kind of stood out for me I want to talk about was Jordan Poyer, um, someone who'd kind of been a little bit down in terms of his IDP production overall this season, especially in terms of what we've seen from him historically in other seasons. Uh, he got his first big play for us, recording his first sack. Um, <clears throat> and some of the best box uh, utilization in uh, the last three weeks as well for him. So. Um, 27, 35, and 19 snaps are against the Jags, Giants, and Pats. Um, you know, if he can see some more of these better uh, box utilizations overall, I think that's something that can help Jordan Poyer become a little more stable for us, and we can be more excited about plugging someone who's been a large name, stable IDP asset for us um, into our lineups every week uh, moving forward. So, uh, any, any thoughts on the Bills matchup from you, Kyle? Oh, uh, no, that's. Great stuff, man. I, I'm with you on that linebacker two spot in Buffalo. Um, Eileen yeah, Dotson as well, just given what we've seen. But yeah, like I think you laid it out great. Like we got everybody playing this week. If you can avoid it, avoid it. But if you have to, right? Dotson's probably the guy this week, given what we've seen. But you know, you, you think one thing and they do another. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I like that call a lot. Just to if you have to, whatever. But avoid it if you can. But yeah, yep. good stuff, man. All right, well, jumping into the first of the Sunday games, um, no overseas game, so we're kicking everything off at noon uh, central time here. We've got the Saints at the Colts. Uh, so take us away on the Saints, Kyle. Uh, yeah, for the Saints, first guy I was looking to talk about here is uh, Mr. Pete Warner. Werner, sorry. Um, just 13 tackles over his last three games. Uh, certainly not ideal production of late for Werner. And, you know, we look view him more as a tackle guy, you know, um, at linebacker and he just hasn't been really put up numbers we had hoped um this week he gets indianapolis it's a good matchup for linebackers so does Pete get back on track this week i think i think we could see him with a little nice bounce back week this week um especially in like those tackle heavy formats you know i'm not necessarily calling out lb number lb1 numbers or anything but you know i'm okay if he's my lb2 this week and i'm certainly happy if uh if he's my lb3 you know, obviously, depending on your options, what you have in those those tackle heavy leagues. So, looking for Pete Warner to get right a little bit this week in a nice matchup, and uh, just staying on with the linebackers. Just um, wanted to mention Demario Davis. Uh, he was able to go in Week Seven, but um, he uh, saw his lowest snap share at seventy three percent. I believe he was a knee. 
he was dealing with? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was a knee. Um, so it was his lowest snapshot, seventy-three percent. He was able to go. Um, you know, just kind of keep an eye on it, keep tabs on his health, and if he's a full go, he's likely back to his every down roll. But it's just something to keep in mind if you're, you know, looking at Davis as an option. Um, and then the last guy uh, is Carl Granderson, um, defensive end. What a treat this guy has been so far. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely, chef's kiss. Um, you know, especially considering where you drafted him, you know, before the year, and you might even grab him off waivers depending on your league size format and everything. Um, four and a half sacks on the year. No sacks this past week, but he still got you six tackles, five of them solos, a tackle for loss, and recovered a fumble. Um, you know, he's just been getting it done for it each week. He's not leaving you with any goose eggs. He's goose eggs. He's had some big, big weeks, but he's had some decent floor weeks too. Um, happy rolling him out as my DE or edge two or three this week against Indianapolis. You know what? Not, I'm okay with uh, with goose bags as the new term as well. So I, I like that. <laughs> that feels like it's a bag full of goose eggs, right? Or yeah, eggs. yeah. So, I, mean, I think we just started something. Goose bags. Yeah, right. That, yeah. That's that's it's way worse than a goose egg. So yeah, let's start the <laughs> hashtag going. <laughs> uh, but no, I gotta say I love the Granderson one too. It's just been a guy who's been consistently a four or five hundred snap guy. Um, already closing in on 400, 500 snaps, and just love it. You know, passing. Make, making it a career year for himself so guy needed a chance to prove himself he's got it and, and he's yep. done it so and he got the bag he did he really did and proving it was worth it so yeah yeah good call yeah i love it uh on the other side uh quitty pay really kind of been struggling this year kind of you know he came in um kind of a big name um in his draft class a few years back uh dealt with some injuries really kind of showed some flashes then you know in, in the next couple of years and we thought we really had something here, but um, you know, only an 8.5% win rate in, in pass rush situations, only a 7.6 pass rush pressure rate um, in an actual pass rush reps. Um, really, we'd expect to uh, <clears throat> expect about two sacks. He's currently at three, so a little bit of overproduction. But the metrics don't really look the best overall in terms of what he's going to be able to give us in terms of his upside. So I think at this point. You know, volume-wise, you can still be plugging them in and playing them, especially with the amount of snaps the Colts generally have been able to play. Um, but just lower those expectations overall, maybe more of a back-end DN too. Shaq Leonard is the other name I want to talk about. So snaps really seem to be leveling off for him pretty consistently around that, that 50-ish snap count. So I'm not sure if he's kind of on some sort of actual rep count or pitch count going out there. Um, but he's really been heavy, heavily focused in the rundowns, first and second. Um, and you see that in terms of he's really been able to only deliver in, in the tackle space. He hasn't given us anything other than a couple of tackles for losses um, and, and limited pass rush upside because he's not really in on pass, passing downs or passing sets. So someone who went from being kind of a, an IDP stalwart stud for us, you know, top top IDP asset, you know, now to someone who's really looking at an LB3-4 range, um, you know, at, at best. And so... Um, it's disappointing to see him kind of fade off that way, but you know maybe this is a week where he can do more. We'll see, especially with the checkdown master Derek Carr on the other side and Alvin <laughs> Kamara back. So um, maybe there's an opportunity to to see the tackles jump up a little bit, but uh, I'm limited uh, expectations with Shaq Leonard going forward if we haven't already started doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. Like it's a bummer to see Shaq Leonard like not be himself because he was such a fun player and a, just a great IDP asset for you know the stretch there when he was the maniac but uh yeah it's just it hasn't been great um 
I do like the the call for the dump off king. What did uh, Kamara have like twelve catches last week or something? You know, yeah. So that, I, think yeah. I think he's averaging ten over the last <laughs> yeah. two games too. Like, yeah. so I mean, that's yeah, it's there for a few a few tackles, but uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm temporary expectations on Leonard until we see him improve a little bit and pay as well. Um, I, I've I've always been a Quiddy Pay fan. Uh, he was a, I'm a Michigan fan, so I yep. you know obviously uh, he pulls up my heartstrings a little, but yeah, it, it hasn't been great uh, ideal as well for him. So yeah, I like the low end <clears throat> DL two. You know, is probably it's a good call, more comfortable there. And, and same thing with Leonard, like you know, temporary expectations with both these guys until we see or pr- are proven differently. Oh, but then moving into uh, one of the more proven teams here this uh, NFL season, the Philadelphia Eagles um, taking on the Washington Commanders. Uh, Kyle, what are we thinking with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, first thing, trade, man. Kevin Byard going to Philly. What a deal, and what a great price. What was it, uh, fifth and sixth round pick in Terrell Edmonds? Is that, is that right? Yeah, um, yeah, great, great value, and uh, I mean Kevin Byard's a good player, and it's a great get for them um, for that back end um, for a team that's going to be pushing, you know, to get back to the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I just love this get get for Philly from you know an NFL perspective and a fantasy a fantasy perspective too, man. So um, Byard's a good player, and you know he's going from a Tennessee team that's not playing inspired football necessarily right now to a team you know, that's going to be playing very inspired football. So you got to kind of like that too. He's going to have a little more juice. You would think not, not saying he's not playing with any, but it's got to feel good to go play for a contender, but no, it's, that's some cool, uh, cool news here. Seeing a trade like that, a, a good player going to a really good team. Um, next is uh, the Washington commanders. Um, Sam Howell's been sacked 40 freaking times already. Uh, was he on pace for like 290 sacks taken or something? I have no idea what it is, but it seems like a ton. Um, so uh, start your pass rushers. Uh, Hassan Raddick's getting it going. Fire him up. Josh Sweat. Let's get sweaty out there, baby. Fire him up. Jalen Carter at defensive tackle. Um, you know, if you got a, an Eagles defender, it's a good week to play. Or, Eagles defense alignment defender, whatever. It's a good week to play him. So you got to love it. And then uh, last thing I would touch on is the uh, Philly linebackers. Uh, it's a little messy right now with them uh, seemingly easing to Kobe Dean back in since he's returned. Um, looking at the week seven snaps, Zach Cunningham played 100% of snaps this week. Dean played 61% and Nicholas Morrow played 39%. Um, you know, out of that trio, Dean is easily the most exciting of the bunch. I mean, Cunningham was a nice IDP asset at one time in his career, but he's not the same guy by any means. Um, yeah, so Dean's easily the most exciting in the bunch, but it'll be hard to trust until we see him start to get more ideal volume. You know, I'd love to see him start getting in that 80% plus range here and see what he can do. So um, be keeping an eye on that Philly linebacker um, snap usage here again this week. Yep, I'm totally with you. And it's one of those things where I always worry when a guy gets injured and teams have to shift their game plan or their personnel, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, this actually kind of works too, right? Yeah. And now all yep. of a sudden – Yep. So for some reason, we're rotating, right? When it was like, oh, it's pretty much a locked and loaded. These are the two guys going forward. So, yeah, um, definitely keep an eye on it. Is there any pass rusher you like more this week? Like, is there someone where you're just like, Carter's easily notching two sacks, right? Is, is there anything you're really pumped about with that group? I would love to see Hassan Reddick have a big week for my um, IDP Madness team and my other best ball teams. But I also have a ton of Josh Sweat in a lot of my leagues. So, I'm going to say I want Josh Sweat to have a big week. I got a couple key matchups I need to win, so I'm going to go with Josh Sweat. <laughs> Let's go. All right. 
We're manifesting <laughs> it into the world. Here it is. Josh Sweat multi-sack game incoming. <laughs> Love it. Let's go. Well, then, uh, yeah, multi-sack games. Chase Young, I think he's just coming off a, a yep. two-sack game from the commander's side. Um, chef's kiss to him too. I just love the resurgence of, for him. So, you know, I think he's reached the point probably where most of us realize, you know, if you're starting two defensive ends, this guy is pretty much set and forget it for you at this point. Um, you know, maybe again, temper expectations. This, this Philadelphia O-line is phenomenal and, you know, Jalen hurts his, his ability to reduce the impact of, of pass rushes with his own ability to manipulate the pocket and move outside of it. But, you know, you're, you're still starting chase young if you got him. Uh, Cody Barton seen in a walking boot after last week. So, um, and David Mayo of all people was the next man up. Definitely did not <laughs> see that coming. Uh, but you know, if that's something where you're in need of that, um, he's the one who came in, uh, and 41 snaps, he put up eight tackles for us. Um, this matchup could get ugly, um, especially with the pass rush that the, the commanders will be facing here. They, they could be. <laughs> spending a lot of time on defense so you know david mayo is, is someone if you're in a pinch or you're in a, in a much deeper league you could definitely be looking at um <clears throat> and finally um i just i gotta talk about him because he's my he's my guy cam curl right here on the wall um love him uh, i was calling for a big year for him this year um bigger than years he's had in the past um coming off one of his worst games of the year but also his lowest utilization in the box so far this year um, by nine snaps overall based on um, where he's played. So um, maybe that's something with the Barton injury coming into play. They just felt like they had to shift things around um, with some of the uncertainty and then and the new personnel. So hopefully um, with a week to prepare for the, for their lineup now with a, with a David Mayo or whomever it is uh, that ends up stepping in, uh, Curl can get back to a full utilization of his role inside the box and, and near the line of scrimmage. Any thoughts on, on the commanders there, Kyle? Or um, no, I, I just uh, I like that that Colin Cam curl. It's um, maybe this week was a little his utilization was a little different given the uh, the injury to Barton early on. Just something to keep an eye on. But yeah, like you know you've been on Cam curl right away, and he's been awesome this year. So let's just let's let's get back to the norm here and uh, let's go curl. I love it. Uh, yeah, curls for the girls, right? Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's what they're talking about is the more cam curl shares when they say that, right? So the absolutely. More cam oh, curls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the way I interpret it. Oh, man, I am terrible. Let's move on to something not terrible, or maybe it will be. Who knows? We'll find out on Sunday. The Jaguars at the Steelers. Kyle Duval, who do we got? Duval. Um, first thing is linebacker Devin Lloyd. Um, Lloyd missed a few games when they, when they went over to London. Um, he had a thumb injury that get a little surgery there. Um, since he's come back, he's taken firm hold of that LB2 spot. And uh, he's produced 20 tackles, 12 souls over his last two games. So a nice return, um, nice healthy snap shares. Um, Chad Muma is now an afterthought after he struggled to fill in for Lloyd. Um, I just, uh, I'm really pumped that we finally have some like clarity on the full-time guy next to uh, Foyer in Jacksonville, it seems. So, um, just it's nice to to have a little peace of mind there when you're clicking the box if you have them and Lloyd that, you know he's he's taking firm hold of that role right now it seems, um, and then just wanted to talk a little bit about Josh Allen um, you know he's a little bit of a bigger name as far as pass rushers go and whatnot but uh, he had a quiet week seven in the box score with just two tackles but he did have three quarterback hits and he generated ten pressures against New Orleans. That's a, a big number. Um, so, I mean, he was a straight-up problem. He just didn't get home, and that happens sometimes. 
Um, you know, his, his uh, pass metrics are rock solid, a 14.2% pressure rate and a uh, true pass set a rating of 28.3% win rate. Um, so you just love that. And we've also seen him follow up slow weeks with big showings. Um, you know, like those three sacks games. I'm not saying he's going to have three sacks, but we've seen him come back and, and just with his hair on fire. So I, all that just to say, click the box and, you know, put Josh Allen in your lineup. <laughs> I love it. And I, I love the the parallel you drew there, right? He, he, you said Devin Lloyd had thumb surgery and then he had a firm grasp on, on that role, <laughs> right? right? So, so you're doing that. And then I also feel like you're taking shots at me with the hair on fire thing, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I would I never... Fairly, I cannot come anywhere with hair on fire. On fire. I would never do that, man. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to the Pittsburgh side of things. Um, I, I, I view um, this Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker room pretty poorly at this point. Um, a lot of just inconsistent usage um, overall in terms of, you know, the matchups they end up playing and how they're deploying Quan Alexander and, and Alandon Roberts. I mean, I, they, they seem to have their roles for the most part. Um but the games don't go consistently enough in one way or another that we can generally predict who's going to be out there um, alongside Cole Holcomb. And and Cole Holcomb, well, you know, if you got him, <clears throat> you're likely starting him. And and he's a very viable, you know, LB two three type play. Um, he just hasn't shown the efficiency that we we we've known from him in his time in Washington. And maybe a large part of that, in, in my speculation, is you know when you get to play behind Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. You probably have a lot cleaner sets that you're looking at uh, and can yep. be a lot more efficient in, in your playmaking. So, um, you know, I don't know that Holcomb's someone I'm, I'm excited about really this year and going forward, especially in this role. Um, so, you know, with that said, uh, poor linebacker play generally tends to leak plays behind them. Um, and Minka Fitzpatrick, um, I just want to call out dude's been on an absolute tackling tear. Um, and, you know, look at to a few years back after the Devin Bush injury and, and this linebacker room became very inconsistent or uncertain again. Um, that's exactly when we saw Minka Fitzpatrick just pile up hundreds of tackles. Um, and, you know, this last week he played a season high 34 snaps in the box. Um, I think that the defense realizes what they need from that playmaker. Um, and, you know, they just shipped off Terrell Edmonds. Um, no, excuse me. They let Terrell Edmonds go, who used to be a box player. Mm-hmm. And they just they never had anything with it. They know that it needs to be someone like Minka as a playmaker. Um, and yeah, so I think most people were starting Minka as it was regardless, but you know, maybe if maybe this is a time to buy high on him. And um, I think that you're going to see him just have another one of those massive tackle seasons going forward this year. That's a good call, man. I like that. Minka has been playing well. And I also like, you know, like you said, steering away from that Pittsburgh um, linebacker unit. It's just, uh, you know, the way they rotate and deploy those guys other than, you know, other than Holcomb, Holcomb's got a little bit more of an ideal snap share. Not quite, well, I, not quite what I had hoped. I thought he might break the mold there a little bit, looking at his mm-hmm. contract and the type of player he is. Um, but, but he hasn't, you know, been that like every snap guy, you know, either. So, and these other guys, you know, they fluctuate so much. Um, I'm with you there. Like, steer, you could play Holcomb, sure, but the other guys steer away from him if you can. All right. Well, let's head out to New York for this matchup. But we wouldn't see the game then since both teams technically play in New Jersey. Um, we got the New York Jets at the New York Giants. Um, first guy I want to talk about, here, here's a guy you're putting in your lineup, especially in these DT leagues and whatnot, and that's Quinnen Williams. Um, could this be the week that Quinnen goes off? Um, the Giants all line have allowed 36 sacks on the year, and the man is due. So, like, let's go, big guy. Um, you know, he's 
He's been playing fine. He's grading fine. Um, I think he's got an 11% pressure rate, 21 or 22% win rate, and two pass sets. Um, so the numbers are fine. It just isn't quite getting home. He's not leaving you with, with goose bags, as we would say. Um, you know, he, he's he's getting you know, stats and whatnot. He just hasn't had the big, the big sack games yet. So this could be the, the week that Quinn and, you know, goes off with a, a nice matchup against the old Swiss cheese online of, of the Giants. So um, I just want to kind of talk that into happening, talk that into the universe or whatever. Um, <laughs> so let's go, Big Q. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is uh, pass rusher Bryce Huff. Um, Huff was balling before the bye week. He had two and a half sacks over his last two games, uh, just a 34% snap share on the year. But he played a season high, 35 snaps, uh, 50% snap share in week six. Um, he's a pass rush specialist with a 29.8% pressure rate. Um, so he's good at it. Um, good at that role. Um, he could be a nice streaming option in deeper leagues um, with his spicy matchup against New York. You know, he he's probably really could be on the edge or DE3 radar because, I mean, the matchup's there. And, he, and if he keeps keeps going with what he's doing, um, it's 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 there for him in another nice week. And I know uh, – I think I saw Carl Lawson was on the trade block, so that would kind of help his case just to get another guy out of his way. Uh, but we want more Bryce Huff. And Huff's uh, – he's due to be a free agent this offseason, so he's a great guy to stash on your dynasty roster. So, you know, we just would love to see – I'd love to see a guy like that go to a team that needs a pass rusher. Or they just invest in him, right? Whatever. Somebody pay the man and put him out there and let him get us get us some points and, and wreak some havoc, man. Right. Let, let this guy eat, man. I yeah. love it. And, Let's go. And I and I totally love that you you got we're getting rid of the goose bags for Quinn and Williams this week, man. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Uh, I love it. Uh all right. Well, on the Giants side of this matchup, um, someone I kind I want to talk about was uh, Cordell Flott playing in the slot. Um, so the guy got his second start uh last week. Um and he, and he racked up four or four solos and two assists. Um, and it seems like, you know, they're going to probably be running um, a large part of, the, of their uh, set with Flot out there in the in the slot role 75% of the time. I think this really brings Flot uh, forward as a weekly starter for cornerback required leagues, um, uh, especially in a matchup here against the Jets where I think um, playing close to the line of scrimmage is going to be ideal for them um, where – they, they, the Jets have a clear tendency to run the ball in, in neutral game scripts, and I think I think you know he can go ahead and take advantage of that situation. Um, the and then along the defensive line for the Giants, um, one of the names that kind of gets lost in you know you had Dexter Lawrence had a huge breakout campaign last year. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was you know the big the big flashy name from the top five top six draft pick whatever he was, um, but Leonard Williams was a former number six overall pick as well. Um, and, and can, like I said, can easily be forgotten. Um, you know, however, I think he is someone that's fading into the background a little bit for, with reason this year. Um, you know, he's <coughs> got a pretty limited tackle floor, less than three per game for an interior defender. Um, and two sacks he's converted is, is okay. And, and kind of about expected overall, maybe a little bit of overproduction, but, um, you know, the 8.7% pass rush pressure rate is a little disappointing, but he is winning at above a 20% rate in his actual pass rush matchups against the offensive line. So overall, I think, you know, he's, like I said, he's okay, you know, especially in much deeper leagues. Um, but, you know, this is an average or less than average matchup, I think, for them against the Jets. And for me, I'm going to pass on Leonard Williams this week. Um, I'm not looking to really get him into any lineups again, unless you're talking 
DL4 type range or, or DT23 um, um, in certain situations. So, yeah, I think that's totally fair call with Williams for sure, man. Um, I, and also, I just like your note about calling Dexter Lawrence sexy Dexy. I think that's. <laughs> I that's mean, how can you stick. not, man? <laughs> it's got to stick. Right. <laughs> Uh, then moving on to the next matchup, uh, we have the Texans at the Panthers. You know, Kyle, make make my make my Houston Texans sound really cool. All right, man, I'll I'll do my best. They they are cool, <laughs> man. That's an up and coming team right there. I like it. Um, yeah, the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, Houston linebacker unit. Um, it's a really curious situation. Um, one to really keep tabs on. I'm just curious what it looks like coming out of the bye. Um, it had been Henry. 2020 Hanky Two Toes, as the beautiful John Macri calls him, um, and Blake Cashman as the full time guys the past two games before the bye. Um, Denzel Perryman um, had a club on his hand, played just 35 snaps, um, and then in week, in week five before being a healthy scratch in week six, I believe they said they did that because it wasn't fair to him to play with, hurt with that club. So, um, We'll see there. Uh, Cashman had been grading and producing really well with with this this added volume. Um, yeah, just a real, <laughs> you know, real surprise, man. I mean, I always liked Blake Cashman. He kind of struggled to stay healthy, but man, I mean, he's really been balling. It, it's really cool to see. Um, just I'm just really not sure what it looks like, you know, if Perryman's they feel he's fully healthy, ready to go, coming out of the bye. Um, those snaps are going to be something to really watch. Um, if I had to choose one this week of the three, I would. Probably lean 2020. Um, he's had a 96.5% snapshot over his past four games, and he had been wearing the dot. Um, so I'm just a little more comfortable with his volume with this uncertainty amongst the three of those guys. But um, this is um, amongst the linebacker units. Uh, everybody's playing this week, but this is one I'm really going to be looking at the snap counts and everything um, after the games are all done. Um, and then uh, the, the next guy I want to talk about is uh, rookie Will Anderson. Um, love me some Will Anderson. Um, he hasn't recorded a sack since week one. However, his pass rush metrics have been pretty solid. He's got a 14.1% pressure rate and a 24.7% win rate. So pretty nice numbers there. Um, you love to see it as a rookie too, right? That's a, it's a tough thing to, you know, to be putting up nice uh, pressure metrics like that as a rookie. It's tough, tough playing the edge in the NFL, man. Um Carolina has low 19 sacks so far. So do we see the number three overall pick take down the number one overall pick Bryce Young on Sunday? Uh, I think there's a chance. Um, I really do. Uh, but, I mean, Anderson should still be viewed as more like a D3 type. Um, but he, I think there's a little upside with him this week. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about Anderson. I'm just I'm ready to see him get back in that sack column and, uh, and get us excited again. Let's go. Yeah, I love the call out and I love the matchup for him too as well. It's uh that's one where I, I he's made some plays, especially like in the run game. Yes. Um, but you know, for for what they spent on him and and yeah. really how how I view they want to make him the face of that defense and a and a, yeah. and a you know a co face of the franchise along with Stroud. It would be really nice to see him step up and make some a few more of those plays, uh, especially in the passing game. Yeah, with you, man. All right. Well, then on to the Panthers side of the ball. Um, you know, a former large name in IDP circles, uh, Jeremy Chin, heading to the IR. Um, his season and IDP performance have um, not matched how his career has started out for us. Um, Troy Hill seemed to take over some of the slot specific duties. Um, 
You know, however, this could allow Sam Franklin Jr. to stay relevant with, you know, Xavier Woods and Von Bell's return, not necessarily 100% known at this point in time. Um, general injury timelines would align that they could be back in, in near full starting roles, um, both of them this week, but haven't seen anything yet. So really want to pay close attention um, <clears throat> to the Panthers uh, injury report this week to understand kind of where they're at. Um, Sam Franklin kind of might be the last man standing um, and be the one uh, IDP asset out of the back end of this defense that you're really going to be looking at for this week. Um, but again, let's wait to see how the IR or the injury report shakes out uh, going into the back half of this week. Uh, the other name I wanted to call out was someone I was very excited about this uh, offseason, uh, Derek Brown, uh, defensive tackle for the Panthers. Uh, he had a really start a solid start to the season here for IDP notched a sack in week one unfortunately the only sack that he's been able to put in place so far um, and his pass rush measures have kind of fallen off since the, the early part of the season a 5.7 percent pass rush pressure rate um, his win sets his win in pass rush pass rush sets um, just above 10 percent um, really kind of leave us lacking in the upside um, however his tackle floor has been phenomenal. Um, he is on a pace for 96 combined tackles on the year, 68 solos and 28 assists. Um, if you can give me a hundred tackle season from a, from a defensive tackle, I mean, unless you're super depressed scoring for tackles, I mean, sign me up, man. I, I love yeah. being able to to plug and play um, that, especially you know if, if you're DT two, especially. I mean, that's massive. So um, I really love what he's done in, in that regard. Just would love to see him maybe step up um, and deliver a little bit more upside in the pass rush, even if it's just, you know, better numbers overall in terms of producing the pressure or getting close to the hurries of the quarterback hit. So I, I'm with you on Derek Brown. I like this call a lot, man. And you're right. Like if he's your DT2 in like true position, DT required leagues, and he's providing you a nice tackle floor, that's a hard position to get a tackle floor like this out of and just feel comfortable every week you're getting something, right? Something mm -hmm. steady and productive like that. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah, Derek Brown's been real solid. We'd love to see, like, a few of those splash plays, a few more of those splash plays, right? But, like, um, just real solid, man. I, I like that call a lot. All right. Well, then splashing into the next matchup here, we got the Dolphins, right? Because water and splashing. Yeah. yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> That's right. Taking on the New England Patriots. <laughs> Uh, we got the Patriots showing up to the Dolphins here for another noon matchup. Um, who are we looking at on the New England side? Um, you know, Patriot IDPs just aren't exciting overall, right? I think a lot of us will say that. It's just not fun. Outside of J1 Bentley, Kyle Duggar, um, you know. But uh, a guy I want to talk about is uh, Anthony Jennings. Um, he's uh, he's seen his workload increase uh since matt judon uh went down unfortunately matt judon i should say was an exciting new england idp he's just not playing right now unfortunately um so yeah since judon's went down um jennings has has seen his his uh, workload increase 81 percent snaps over his last three games and a season high 69 snaps 97 percent week six i think he got dinged up for like a play or two but came right back in from what i read just an insane workload um his pass rush met metrics aren't anything to get excited about at all but it's more his volume that's appealing because that's just a ton of snaps you're just gonna you know trip into production somehow at some point right um miami's a tough matchup for opposing defensive linemen so jennings is just a volume play in deep leagues but like only if you have to right if you gotta you gotta he's out there enough to get you something 
not super exciting, you know, pass rush wise or anything, but he's out there a ton, man. And that, that counts for something, especially when you're looking at edge guys, right? If you're looking to find a guy or break a tie, the guy's out there a ton, you know, he'll trip into somebody or fall over and, you know, what take a guy with him, whatever. Um, another guy is JC Jackson, who they brought back over um, to play corner after Christian Gonzalez went down. Uh, Jackson has a 93% snap share and has faced 16 targets over his past two games. Uh, Miami's passing offense is potent as hell. That's uh, nothing new. Um, they should keep him plenty busy, uh, making him someone to consider in those uh, cornerback required leagues. And uh, speaking of cornerback required leagues, if you're looking for cornerback options, do yourself a favor and go see my buddy Johnny the Greek's cornerback quarter article over at the IDP show. Johnny's the best in the business and do yourself a favor and go check that out. If you're looking to get an edge at the position. Dude. You, I, yeah. You could not make a greater call out for, for that. I mean, he just, <laughs> Oh my God. I, I wish I could do anything at the level of, of efficiency that he does. With oh, the the man. Stuff, man. I mean, it, it is, it yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. And then, you know, the Anthony Jennings one, like, uh, you know, Josh Uche, DH wise. And, um, Keon White, White hurt yeah. last all week. Yeah. Up. Yep. Yeah, so, call. yeah, it looks like White is already a do not uh, did not participate uh, this week, and um, Uche and Wise were both limited participants. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you got, you definitely got to keep an eye on that because yeah, I mean, when you're getting ninety seven percent utilization, that's Max Crosby esque. Like no <laughs> one, yeah, no one other than Crosby does that. So yeah, um, but I mean, again. Anthony Jennings, Mac, Max Crosby, only in terms of snap count. That's yeah, it. That's <laughs> so it. Yeah. Don't get confused here, people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, moving over to the Miami side, uh, I want to talk about Jerome Baker. Uh, played 100% of the snaps last week and piled up nine tackles. Obviously, had the big flashy touchdown, uh, the the pass that like bounced off Cater Kohu's head as he was yep. jumping to try and deflect it. So, um, but the, the big story for me in terms of, you know, utilization really is this is the second time in three games that Baker's had 100% utilization, which has not historically been his calling card. So um, seeing that, especially, you know, with David Long, I mean, I know he got banged up in this game, but he's been healthy. Otherwise, um, it seems to me, you know, they're, they're telling us with their actions that Baker is the, the guy they want to roll out there consistently. Um, and you know what? He's shown that he can get, you know, a little bit of a tackle floor going for us. Again, talked about the splash play, which was great. We obviously don't count on uh, helmet deflections into interceptions for touchdowns, but um, we love what we're getting out of it for now for Jerome Baker. And so, you know, with that said, I think we can start playing him with a lot more confidence in that LB3 range. Um, and then uh, another gentleman who is kind of in that discussion of linebackers, especially at the start of the year, um, Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, so even with Jalen Phillips back and healthy and Wonderful game for Jalen Phillips. Love seeing him healthy. I think eight tackles, sacks. So um, great to have him back and healthy. But even that's even that said, um, Van Ginkle, you know, found a way to get back out there. Um, primarily used, you know, <clears throat> as a pass rusher um, and rotating at that point. But you know, David Long got hurt. They they were able to shift Van Ginkle from edge rusher rotation into off ball linebacker for some of those snaps. Long came back in, I believe, um, at at one point maybe even, and you know, so. Van Ginkle is someone they seem to find a reason to put out there and, and they have belief in him in the system. So um, maybe not someone, especially in a, in a week with no buys and a full complement of players. Um, but this is someone, if you got the ability to stash him, um, probably want to have that because 
They might find reasons to use him in an off-ball role with an, a David Long injury. They're going to put him out there regardless um, with everyone healthy and in rotation, so he's great for injuries or buys. And obviously, if Phillips gets hurt, he steps into that role where Phillips was. So kind of a lot of options and outs for him. So it's kind of more of a strategy play, um, talking about Andrew Van Ginkle here, but um, just someone I think is worth noting um, on that Dolphins roster. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call, man. Vic Fangio loves Van Ginkle, and he just is going to find ways to get him out there. And um, there's another guy you probably got off waivers <laughs> right this year, and and you're, you're re- reaping the rewards. And uh, was was it a concussion with David Long, or am I, I getting that confused? I want to say that sounds right. Uh, yeah, yep, it was well, also also knee, but he's in concussion oh. protocol right now. Okay, so. yeah. So I mean, if he's out, obviously it's better for Baker and that. To, to see high volume, right? And um, Van Ginkle could see some extra off-ball snaps. So, you know, it's uh, Van, Vic Fan just finding ways to get Van Ginkle on the field, and he's proving every week that he should just keep doing that because he keeps producing no matter where the hell he puts him. So <laughs> really cool to see. Right. All right, then moving into Atlanta, Tennessee. Uh, another noon game here. What do we got on the Falcons side of the ball? Um, one of the best names in all of IDP, Nate Landman, tackle man, landman, um, linebacker for Atlanta. Um, uh, he's been stepping in since Trey Anderson went out, um, a few weeks ago and he's been out producing Caden Ellis lately for us IDP gamers. Um, last four games for landman, 84% snap share, 37 tackles, 21 solos, um, uh, been real productive, uh, of late. Love it. And, uh, he could be busy once again this week dealing with the big old freight train that is Derrick Henry. So, um, yeah, Landman's uh, a fine play this week. He's playing well, and uh, he'll, he'll have to stop the big man for Tennessee. Um, and then I just wanted to talk about a few of the big guys um, along the Atlanta defensive line. Uh, first off, you know, as an old washed-up dad myself, uh, I got to give the old man Clayus Campbell a little love here. Um, Campbell has sacks in back-to-back games, and he recently notched his 100th career sack. Um, just pretty cool stuff at 37 years old, man. He's still getting it done. It's it's freaking awesome. Um, and then uh, David Animata along the interior. Um, he's also been playing very well on his own right this season along the Atlanta uh, interior defensive line. Um, his pass, pass rush metrics are, are real solid, and he's having a real nice year. Um, the big fellas, you know, these these two guys, they take on Tennessee's poor offensive line in Week 8. Um, exploitable matchup. Uh, Animata is the preferred choice between these two guys, uh, you know, in those true, posi- true position or DT required leagues. But, you know, Campbell's also on the radar in, in deeper leagues if, you know, options – Options are a little thin, and he does carry that DT tag. He doesn't necessarily line up as a DT um, per se, like Animata does, uh, you know, more often. But he does have the tag on like MFL and stuff, and, and he's someone you could plug in if you had to this week. But um, you know, Animata would be the preferred choice. But Campbell's on the radar too. The old man's getting it done still, and you know, as the kids say, you love to see it, right? Well, I I was actually watching the game or the red zone update, whatever, when uh, Campbell notched his hundredth sack. I just thought that was so cool from a guy. It's awesome. I remember his big year was 2017 with the Jaguars, right? When he's like, yeah, you know, player of the year consideration, all that stuff, or maybe even won it that year. But like, uh, yeah, dude, and he's just such a good guy too. It seems like, yeah, he's awesome. Love it. Um, all right. Well, on the Titan side, um, a new face since Kevin Byard uh, got uh, yeeted out of there since uh, who knows what they're doing <laughs> with with these players anymore in Tennessee. But uh, Terrell Edmonds steps into into a defensive role 
um, where Bayard played about 33% of it in the box uh, and 22% in the slot, which we, we love to see our safeties playing up near the line of scrimmage. Uh, Edmonds played actually quite a bit uh, in the box when he was with the Steelers prior to his time with the Eagles, but he wasn't necessarily efficient with that for us for IDP. So I don't know that I have a lot of excitement for Terrell Edmonds coming in here. Um, he might be able to deliver us some value still for this week. I'm going to hold off on, on putting him in there. New face, new system, new things. I know he's a veteran. He probably finds a way into the starting lineup or, or heavy into the rotation still, but um, just I always have some hesitations uh, in those first weeks. I, I want to let things kind of settle, let the dust settle and get them situated there before I'm jumping into into that at all. So uh, Terrell Edmonds for me is a fade. Uh, again, probably plenty of other options out there for us this week. Uh, one that I do really like this week um, in, a, in a matchup against the Falcons where linebackers generally tend to have pretty pretty positive overall production, um, Jack Gibbons. Um, obviously, Aziz Al-Shair, number one, been super active, uh, piling up the tackles here prior to the bye week. Um, but Jack Gibbons, really, really good. 16.8% uh tackle efficiency um really the 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 big challenge is is he's only playing about 70 percent of the snaps um so the question you know is you know will the snaps go up will the efficiency stay up you know will anything go down (coughs) regression tends to tell us that it will likely go down over the course of the season however this week again the matchup i think is just too good against the falcons um i think gibbons gets plenty of snaps even if it is only at a reduced rate at 70 70 ish percent um and I think he's going to, you know, still deliver us something in that eight tackle range, which is in most formats, you know, very, very valuable. So um, I, let's fire Gibbons up this week, you know, in that LB3 range. Um, but, you know, maybe again, temper some of those expectations going down the line. Yeah, it's, uh, I totally like that. I like the uh, let's wait a little bit on Terrell Edmonds. Like you said, let the dust settle. I, I'm the same way when stuff like this happens, if he's not a big, big name, right. Let's just see how that plays out. And yeah, Gibbons, man, he's, he's, you know, been solid. He, he's another guy. He probably got off the waiver wire and he's giving you a nice production, right? You know, he does pretty solid work with what he, he gets playing time wise. And um, like you said, let's keep an eye on what that, that looks like as we keep going here. But I, I like that Gibbons call as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, then moving on to maybe a team close to Kyle's heart here in one of the matchups. Uh, we got the Vikings at the Packers, and I feel like I did you dirty here by taking the Packers. So no, I'll, 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 I'll give you your spotlight on them while, after I'm done talking. So if, you, you if, can take us through the Vikings. Yeah, if you gave me the Packers, I'd never shut the hell up. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a just that's just a vet move on your part, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's let's talk some Vikings. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Minnesota linebackers. Um, it's Jordan Hicks and no one else right now. Um, unfortunately, Ivan Pace has played just five defensive snaps, played just five defensive snaps in week seven, and giving him just 17 defensive snaps over his last two games. And that makes me sad. Jake, I think it makes you sad too. You're an Ivan Pace guy as well, right? I, um, yeah, I was I was a big supporter. I, I thought he landed in the perfect spot with Brian yeah. Flores, the, the yeah. blitz heavy schemes that he used, what he did at Cincinnati. Like I was like, yes. Yeah. Only to have our hearts ripped out again. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of over. Well, kind of over. It's over for Pace. It's Jordan Hicks and no one else. But I mean, wh- where are you at with Pace like dynasty wise? I'm still fine with holding him. You mean, right? Yeah, I'm still holding them because, you know, you look at like like even the RAS between like a Jordan Hicks and an Ivan Pace, like 
they kind of match uh, in a lot of ways as well in terms of what they, what they are and what they can or what they profile as. So, I mean, Hicks has been a nice IDP you know revelation for us this season. I don't know that that's going to be the case next year, um, where we could see Pace maybe step in to be that primary right. and only linebacker, assuming Flores' defense is still in place. Right, and and what is Hicks thirty one ish? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and like you said before, um, talking about pace, he fits Florida's scheme. Well. And I think pace is built for IDP production. Just, he's just an explosive guy who sees it. Well, you know, he gets downhill, he's a thumper and, and he can, he can run too. And, and he's a splash play guy, man. You know, if you look at his college production, he was making plays behind on like crazy and Flores is aggressive. Right. So anyway, enough five of pace. We're, we're sad. It's not going to happen to redraft this year, but still holding out some hope in dynasty. So I'm um, happy. We're both, both there with it. Um, so yeah, we're talking about one linebacker that's relevant for Minnesota. So we're going to roll over to Josh Metellus, who's technically a safety um, by designation. Um, but uh, Metellus has an 88% snap share on the year and played a hundred percent snaps. Um, for the first time in week seven, as the Vikings deployed three safeties all game this week, um, you know, Bynum's balling, Harrison Smith's doing Harrison Smith stuff. You know, he's still getting it done. And um, now Metellus has a huge role and he's been producing and that's given us three viable safety options now in Minnesota. Um, Metellus spends just about all his time up in that IDP sweet spot. Um, you know, he had a little bit, didn't have, he had a big week six, kind of a slower week seven, but that happens with a lot of players. He's getting solid volume and he's in the right place to make plays up tight. So, um, yeah, all three of those guys are uh, are in consideration now uh, each week. And uh, one last thing, uh, side note, uh, as a Packer fan, I'm scared of Neil Hunter this week. <laughs> the dude's a wrecking ball, and our offensive line is just not good right now. So, yeah, he's he should he should uh, he should eat this week. <laughs> yeah, I. I I feel sorry for you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a long Sunday. Could be ugly. Um, it's gonna right. be ugly. I shouldn't say it could be. It's gonna be ugly. <laughs> I'll be drunk, so whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what better way to deal with the, the Neil Hunter mm-hmm. than to just have another one? Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Well, on the Packers side, uh, you know, linebacker two. You know, Quay Walker clearly has become linebacker one. Um, a lot of people, you know this offseason we're kind of high on him um really pushed up his dynasty value and that seems to have been the right call um now you know we thought there would still be some really good value with Devondre Campbell as, as a as a primary linebacker too you know still playing 90 plus percent of the snaps however um injuries have derailed this um and the question is is who are we going to get this week is it going to be Campbell coming back out there full um will he get out there at all is it fully Isaiah McDuffie then um, even with McDuffie, he's only played about 65% of the snaps, I think it was, um, but still led the team in tackles with 10 tackles as well. So, um, you know, probably something where I, I don't want to count on that level of efficiency. Um, it is a good matchup, you know, a very pass-heavy um, Vikings team and in and, and their zone-heavy uh, scheme for the Packers defense that they should be able to pile up tackles this week as well. Um, I just... I have a little reservation about McDuffie and Campbell being great plays this week overall, but I, I, if you got him in like that LB three, four ish range, I, I'm I'm okay with you plugging him in there. Um, but again, we'll, we'll see what kind of comes out of the injury reports here as we move through the week. Um, someone who has been relatively consistent for us uh, on the back end of that Packers defense is uh, Rudy Ford um, really been a strong tackling machine. 
uh, someone that showed out a bit at the end of last year with some injuries, um, that he can be IDP relevant and, and relevant for the Packers defense. I mean, not saying he's great. I'm sure Kyle would agree with that. But I mean, in terms of, of being able to, you know, do some stat counting for us here, he's definitely he's definitely stepped up and and uh, and has that in place. So um, I'm actually good, you know, getting him closer to that low end DB2, DB3 range for us at times here. Um you know, and again, this Vikings pass happy offense, you know, Justin Jefferson be damned. Like they're good. They're going to keep throwing this ball. Um, so, yep. you know, we should see plenty there. And then just to call out uh, Darnell Savage, unfortunately hurt on a, on a non-contact injury um, and, and went to IR. So Jonathan Owens would be the one who'd step up next in that role. Um, got 40% box usage on the limited snaps um, last week. So again, is that, you know, the McDuffie's thing, if Campbell's there, you know, it's, I think it's a big personnel question. I don't think we want to buy too much into a very small sample size like that. Um, that is kind of the role he played in Houston when he was there. Um, so just a, maybe a name to keep in mind, or if you've got the ability to stash him, um, might be someone we want to go out and uh, take a look at as well for those deeper leagues. Yeah, love the call with the safeties. It's a good matchup, right? Minnesota's a good matchup for safeties. Uh, yeah, Rudy, Rudy Ford's a solid play this week, and – Jonathan Owens is probably sitting on a lot of waiver wires and a lot of leagues. And, um, you know, he, he's going to play a bunch and it's a good matchup. So yeah, he could, he could be somebody that's uh, relevant this week for sure. And, and Savage is going to be out a while. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think uh, Campbell got some limited work in today. I don't know what, you know, his outlook's going to be. Green Bay's pretty conservative with injuries. Um, and, you know, like you were talking about, like, what does this look like when everybody's back? And I have a lot of questions with, uh, Joe Barry's deployments, alignments lately. Um, but that's a whole different conversation that would probably take way too freaking long. But uh, yeah, let's keep an eye on what the linebacker snaps look like and it look like, and if Campbell's going to be uh, going to be a go this week. All right. Well, moving into our final noon matchup, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So. The first guy I want to talk about for the Rams is uh, Ernest Jones. Uh, Jones has been dealing with a knee injury, and he's seen his snap shares drop a little bit. He, he is 78% in Week 6 and 81% in Week 7 after playing every snap the first five games. Um, you know, it'll be tough to sit Jones, um, but the knee injury and slight snap reduction is certainly less than ideal. So, you know, Jones's health and snap share is something to just monitor again this week as they are potentially, monitor, you know, monitoring managing his workload. Um you know, young player, he's a big part of the defense. You know, they probably don't want to just run him ragged if he's down a little bit, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, just something to keep in mind, you know, uh, a little bit of dip there in snapshot with that knee injury. Um, and then these edge rushers, Michael Hecht, Hoicht, Mecht, I don't know, what you know, what's his, what's his name? I, I have no idea. But uh, Byron Young. Um, they're the rookie, uh, both these pass rushers, uh, crazy volume, right? Um, they both have 88% snap shares on the year. That's just hefty workloads. Um, Hector Hoyt had a, whatever, had a nice week seven. He recorded two sacks against Pittsburgh. Um, just, although if I had to choose one, you know, if I had to pick one to roll this week, I'd probably lean young just cause his pressure number is a little more promising. Um, but he's more of an option in leagues restart, like, you know, three to four defense alignment. Um, is, you know, same for Hoyt or hecked um yeah but just those guys see a ton of snaps you know we <laughs> talked about it with jennings uh you know for the pages before a volume these guys see a lot of volume too um so uh yeah just 
you just really want more importantly of these two things i'm curious what Ernest jones um you know i'm just kind of wondering what that knee like how bad is he hurt you know just seeing them snap shares drop like that so right yeah it's right is it precautionary because you yeah. know the rams have been competitive this season mm-hmm. right so you you want him for the long haul um is you know it, it's really i feel like it's got to be that because i mean christian roseboom is who you're yeah. going to behind that yeah um so i yeah, I, I just hope he gets a, a fully healthy week here, and yeah, we can yep. get back to a full complement of snaps. And I, yeah, I love Byron. Young. I was looking at his numbers earlier today. Yeah, and hasn't had a game with less than three pressures for this season. Nice. Again, he's got the snap volume, like you said. So I mean, there, yeah. there's a little bit of, you know, okay, some caveat, I guess. But I mean, there's guys that play similar numbers too, and, and they have games where they get only one or two or less pressures. So yeah. Um, and he's just I, a rookie, think, you know. Right. So yeah. I, I mean, I think he's an older rookie, though, right? Like he's like right. 20, yeah. 24, almost twenty-five. So yep, yeah. I, I definitely think there's like always oh, that age curve for defensive Absolutely. Line. Yeah. I mean, because you're <laughs> you're you're a young man battling, you know, yep. grown men basically. Yeah. Large <laughs> men. <laughs> you're right. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I love the Byron Young call, and I, I like what we might have for him, you know, going forward in terms of dynasty too. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, then on to the Dallas Cowboys side. Uh, Jaron Curse. Uh, we love the utilization. We love the alignment. Um, we just aren't a huge fan of the production so far. Um, definitely been a little bit down so far this year. Um, you know, only 20 total tackles on the season. Um, he did give us a, you know, one week with a sack and another with an interception. So we had at least some splash plays to kind of prop up some of those lower tackle floor weeks overall here. Um, but you know what? I think this is a week where we can see a rebound for him. Um, we, we see that tackle floor kind of solidify and really just a stronger overall production for him um, going forward week to week. So trust the process, great alignment, great utilization generally tend to lead us to great results. Um, just a little bit of positive regression is what we're looking for here. Um, then Damone Clark stepped into the lead linebacker role with Leighton Vanderesh going to the IR. Um, and something that kind of surprised me a little bit uh, was he took 71 out of the 72 of the snaps. Um, Dan Quinn in this defense, even when he had Leighton Vanderesh, didn't always necessarily run him out there, you know, that 98, 100% type range. So um, seeing Damone Clark get that treatment here early on was a nice little confidence boost just to say, you know, I think you can trust him as, as the lead linebacker there um, as well as, you know, you can probably have him pretty confidently in that LB3-4 range um, and, you know, Maybe if he's able to do a lot with his volume, maybe maybe it goes a little higher, right? But um, I'm going to temper expectations now just because, I mean, it is Damone Clark um, who wasn't able to beat out LVE um, before this. So, uh, But again, just just some positive trends and, and kind of notes to, to keep track of there. Um, and lastly, one of the names I've seen floating around in the IDP circles uh, quite a bit, uh, Mark Quis Bell. Um, he was essentially the second linebacker, right? So he was playing that Damone Clark role, that that Will linebacker, um, and was technically a starter in Week Six, um, but only played 39 of the snaps, right, of the 72 of the 72 out there. So not great, um, but he did manage to log seven tackles in that time. So very very efficient with it. But I think the thing that I like most about this is on most platforms, Marquise Bell actually qualifies or is designated as a safety or a defensive back. So if all of a sudden Bell's snaps even start to creep up anywhere close to that 70-ish percent range, and now all of a sudden you can start a 70% you know, off-ball linebacker um, in one of your safety slots, that's kind of a, a nice little advantage we can uh, can get there. So 
not necessarily big on the talent or the player per se. I think it's a little bit of kind of game manipulation here <laughs> playing on our platforms, but I, I like it and I just kind of want to call it out because I'm guessing you guys are listening not because of our sweet, soothing, savory voices, but because you want to win your matchup. So uh, I like to throw little thoughts out there like that for you guys. That's great stuff, man. I, I like the bell call as well. It could be a little cheat code, right? Love to see him get a little more, a little more run too. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on Demont Clark too. I was a little surprised, right? 71 to 72 snaps. Figured he would see the majority of the of the snaps. Just linebacker wise, just looking at that depth chart, it's uh, pretty ugly after Van Der Esch went down, but. Um, but yeah, so that, it's encouraging, you know, uh, that kind of volume for sure. Something to keep an eye on. And then, yeah, Marquise Bell, Jaron Curse comes up, and then Donovan Wilson comes up uh, up tight too. So it's kind of a fun-looking defense too, bringing up those guys. Got a lot of speed. Um, yeah, uh, I like the 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 Belichick in it with that cheat code with Bell, man. If he right, if he keeps getting getting some snaps, if he gets to that seventy percent range, you can play him at DB or safety. It's a yeah, it's, it's a nice play. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> hey, you're more than just good looks, brother, right? Beautiful <laughs> mind, too. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Browns and Seahawks. First of our afternoon matchups, Cleveland Browns. That that defense, what are we, what are we looking at? Uh, first thing is the Cleveland linebackers. Um, what a mess. Uh, it's a freaking mess. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. JOK had had been seeing you know a steady snap share. He he had what seventy nine percent in back to back games. I think it was so just a shade under eighty percent. But he was generally in that high 70 percent range. Stet, not full time, but steady. Um, and then he and he was productive. He he was starting to give us some nice numbers too. You know uh, he had five tackles for loss over his last few games, to along with some tackles sprinkling in. So he was starting to get a little uh, momentum going. And then he played a season low forty nine percent. 49% snap share this past week. Um, Anthony Walker, however, saw his first 100% snap share of the year this week. Uh, hell, Tony Fields even popped up with 32 defensive snaps, which was his season high by far this week. What is happening, Jake? What the hell is happening in Cleveland? Um, Sioni Takitaki was uh, he was out this week with a hamstring injury, so if he returns, this gets even muddier um, as we roll into week eight. Um it is. It's a freaking mess. I mean, if you had to choose one, it'd probably be Walker after he just played every snap. But Taki Taki coming back could negate some of that. I don't know. I don't feel great about any of it. How about you, man? I don't, I don't know what to think of this. I, I'm with you. It's. It's. I've said it on this in this pod quite a few times. I, I generally tend to stay away from this mm-hmm. linebacker room just over the last like year and a half now. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I like what they've redone with that defensive line. That you know, if if we can really get a hundred percent of Walker or shoot even ninety to ninety five percent, I'm actually okay with him uh, as a as a you know an LB three four type range type play, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because they they they've managed to stay clean and actually be some more level consistent playmakers in the run defense. But gosh darn it, if it isn't just like it's a headache trying to figure it all out, and and I, I'd really rather not be forced to make that decision if I don't have to. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's it's ugly. Um, you were talking about the defensive line, so let's talk about a guy on that defensive line, uh, Zadarius Smith. Uh, Smith finally not just first sack of the season against Indianapolis in Week Seven. Um, Smith's play has been fine. He holds a 66% snapshot on the year. He just hasn't put a digit in the sack column until now. He, he's he's playing fine. Just 
it is what it is. But he got there this week. Um, hopefully this gets some momentum going. Uh, Seattle isn't the greatest matchup, but this Cleveland defense is good, and it never hurts when Miles Garrett is playing opposite you. And he was just the man this past week, right? Just blow up game. He's awesome. Um, so yeah, Zadarius Smith, it, it's good to see him, you know, like I said, put a number in that sack call this week. Finally, he, he, his play has been fine. He gets an, uh, you know, a, enough volume. It's just, he got it done. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see him get a little bit more here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's Zadarius Smith was someone I was in kind of, uh, a lot this year, right? I picked yeah, up in a lot too. of leagues. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that that's the game, man. I, I, you know, one of the things I always look at when looking at defensive line matchups is, you know, what is the time to throw for a quarterback, right? And, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, when you look at the measures, right, like who are the bottom ones, who are the top ones, and it's like 0.4 seconds, 0.3 seconds difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's why someone can be playing great, like Zadarius Smith has, or been playing good, and they're not not notching the sacks because the game is that that close, right? We're talking yeah. tenths of a second um, difference between the sack and just you know a hurry or maybe even a quarterback hit. Yep, absolutely, man. Um, but moving on to the Seahawks side of the ball, um, Joel Adams, welcome back, sir. Hundred um, percent snap count uh, in thirty-four of the sixty-six inside the box. Um, was able to notch six tackles with that. Um, four pass rush opportunities along the defensive line. Um, Jamal Adams back to IDP relevance? Question mark. Seems seems like it's possible. Seems so. so <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so if we're going to see this kind of deployment for him, I, I don't know how you can't be excited to plug him into your linebacker. Uh, he's playing like a linebacker, he plugging is. him back into your lineup yeah. um, <laughs> uh, along that safety or defensive back position. Um, but his running mate, Julian Love, 60 snaps as well. So, you know, those two aren't, you know, you know we cannibalizing into each other. You know, Julian Love didn't uh, obviously play as much in the box with Jamal Adams there. Um, but really the number that I was looking at or stood out to me then was Jordan Brooks down to 46 snaps. Um, he was someone that the <coughs> Jamal Adams situation along with uh, Jordan Brooks' ACL recovery had me very out on him, but I think the the larger narrative always circled around the the ACL recovery, um, and he and he proved that he could outplay that at least you know to this point for IDP purposes. Now with Jamal Adams back, I, I'm I am quite concerned about what Jordan Brooks can deliver ceiling wise for us. Right, he's always been a, an efficient tackler. The Seahawks have always been an efficient zone heavy scheme for tackling as well. That um, I don't think that Brooks becomes completely irrelevant now. But we do want to limit expectations because if he's going to go from a near 100% to closer to a 65 70 75%, and you also have another athlete, a high-end athlete stud player in Jamal Adams competing in that space with him, um, again, let's just lower expectations a little bit maybe for Jordan Brooks moving forward. Um, and lastly, uh, Uchenna Nwosu, unfortunately, a, a torn pectoral, likely out for the season according to coach um, haven't seen anything official with him on, on IR yet, but um, just based on injury timelines, that makes sense that he would be done for the season. Uh, Darrell Taylor is the next man up, um, so you should see snap counts go up there. Um, you know, there's Boye Mafe and some of the other people, rotational pieces, but no one that's done enough for me to stand out. Um, just, you know, if you're in a situation where you got to play these guys, you can probably expect a little bit better volume or opportunities. I don't necessarily know that we're excited about anyone talent or efficiency wise yet at this point. Yeah, bummer. Nuosu got hurt, man. That that's, that sucks. But yeah, I'm with you too. Uh, 
like Taylor, um, you should see a little bump here in snaps. Um, I, I like your call. This, you know, not not a great play this week. And like you know, you're not here. Like right, everybody's playing this week. Uh, you could probably look also for a stream. Um, and then, uh, yeah, dude, you, you nailed it. Like Jamal Adams is back right now, right while he's healthy. So um, that George, uh, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Jordan Brooks situation, um, something to keep an eye on. Um, Julian Love snaps took a dip, then they went up. Brooks's snaps just took a little dip. So it's just something to kind of keep an eye on week to week here as we go. When all three are healthy, it's just something you're going to pay attention to. Yep. All right, moving on, we have the Chiefs at the Broncos. Another divisional matchup here. I think this is the third time in two weeks for these guys squaring off, so got yep. some some recency to, to play off of here. But what are we looking at on the Chiefs side? Uh, yeah, the, the big news is Nick Bolton, dislocated wrist, uh, such a bummer. He's out eight weeks, two months. It, you know, it's – man, it sucks, right? We just got him back, and – and Nick Bolton's going to be out. So, um, yeah, so, such a bummer. Should be back for the playoffs, from what I heard, right? So, um, but anyway, uh, we're, we're here to, to win games for IDP during the fantasy season. And that means Drew Tranquil is probably going to be relevant here once again. Um, he took over after Bolton exited, and he's back to a priority waiver wire ad this week. Um, Drake was slid in that lead role early this year when Bolton was dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, he's likely to to be the guy to replace him once again. Uh, he was productive when he slid in for him last time. Um, you know, when Bolton came back, Trinkle went to, back to a limited role and then in week six and then week seven, it was looking that way. And then obviously Bolton went down and then he came in and, and slid right in for him. So yeah, Drew Tranquil, fire him up now. Um, you know, he, he should be the guy, you know, to take over that lead role. Um, then uh, Charles Amenehu, uh returned from suspension in week seven. Um, he played 32 snaps, uh, 51% snap straight out the gate, uh, four pressures, and he recorded a sack in his debut. So nice nice showing right out the gate for Amenehu. Uh He's an interesting name to keep in mind in deeper leagues. Uh, Denver has allowed 20 sacks so far this season. So, I mean, if you're stuck in deeper leagues and you want to see if Lightning can strike again, hey, why not, right? And Amenehu's probably sitting around on quite a few waiver wires, so. Former Houston Texans. Former Houston Texans. Yeah. <laughs> you know that guy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on to the Broncos side. Uh, Kareem Jackson seemingly can't stop uh, targeting defenseless receivers. Um, so that said, he's suspended for four games. Uh, PJ Locke is who stepped in um, in the middle of the game. It appears he will likely be the next man up uh, with the suspension as well. So, again, really looking at deeper leagues if you're if you're in a need for pj lock as a defensive back um but some people have those situations or if you have the the roster capability to stash him um might be someone you want to consider with some actual bye weeks looming um in the next few weeks here for us uh one name i, I wanted to call out really was zach allen i loved what he's done so far um this year he's had a nice run over those last four games 16 pressures three sacks 15 tackles um you know, but I, I hyped that up to say I'm not overly excited for him this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs have one of the better offensive lines uh, as a unit overall, and Patrick Mahomes is some sort of wizard when it comes to escaping yeah. the pocket and pressure. So, um, you know, th those uh, that said, you know, I think Jonathan Cooper had six pressures and one sack two weeks ago in this matchup. I, I'm I'm still not you know looking to play these guys. You know, if you're in a pinch and you need and you need to play a Jonathan Cooper. Um, a Nick Benito or a Zach Allen, you know, 
I'm okay with that. You know, Zach Allen, I like maybe a little bit better overall. Just I think he's got a better tackle floor um, compared to those other guys. Um, and, you know, now Baron Brown's coming back too uh, and starting to get back into that rotation. So, um, you know, that might eat away at some of the things where, you know, they're not necessarily any any great floors in terms of um, actual snap counts on, on those edge positions for the Broncos. So um, this week I'm, I'm not playing unless we're breaking the glass for emergencies. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It's like you said, Mahomes is a wizard avoiding sacks. It's something else, and it's not not a great match for these guys. If you have to, you have to, but not ideal, right? And then I just like uh, I'm pissed at Kareem Jackson for uh, hurting my guy Luke Musgrave. That's just that sucks, man. <laughs> I, had, well, uh, I was gonna say I, I had Musgrave rolling in a few leagues, and I'm a Packer fan. I like the guy, and that sucked. No, go well, ahead. And former Houston Texans Kareem Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually drafted him in the first round, whatever it was, like 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, once once a once an uh, an accident, twice, you know, yeah. okay. The third time, this is this is a pattern, right? Like yeah. and, and I'm not saying Kareem Jackson's a terrible person. I'm just saying no. the, the style of play just isn't matching up with how the game is meant to be played anymore. So um yes. It's it's just disappointing to see from the health of the players, yeah. you know, to the to the people missing time, um, for whatever reason, injuries or suspension. So, you know, but anyways, uh, moving on to the Bengals at the 49ers. Cincinnati, what are we rolling with on the defensive side there? Um, yeah, for the Bengals, uh, Dax Hill. Um, Dax Hill has been balling this year, and San Francisco has been a real solid matchup for opposing safeties. Um and uh, Cameron Bynum just happened to pick off Brock Purdy twice on Monday night. Um, interceptions are far from a sticky or predictable stat, but just go get you some this week, Dax Hill. Uh, he's playing great. It's a good matchup, rolling him out. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol, by the way, right? So he could pick off Sam Darnold instead, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, n- nice matchup for Dax Hill. Um, he's playing really well. And then um, Trey Hendrickson. uh Brock Purdy's been sacked only 12 times this year, but if you look at the football guys' points allowed uh, um, tool we have, um, San Francisco has been a pretty nice matchup for defensive line as far as points allowed uh, via football guys scoring. Um, so it, it's not a bad matchup, and Hendrickson's having himself a strong year. Uh, seven sacks in his first six games. Um, you know, Hendrickson, I think you know he's on the DE Edge 2 uh, range this week uh, in this big afternoon game. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I like that. Dax Hill was someone I was very excited about this year, um, especially yeah. with the the Bates and Bell departure. So, I, I love that he's lived up to, to at least to my billing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that continues here. I, th- I think it's very likely to. Yeah. Um, on on the Forty Nine ers side, uh, Oren Burks, the forgotten linebacker yes. in, in San Francisco. Um, so he continues to be an efficiency monster. Six tackles on twenty eight snaps, um, but. What I, what I, the reason I want to call them out, right, is I just want people who sometimes, and we're all busy, right, so we can get caught box score hunting sometimes in matchups and looking for people to add on to our, our rosters. Um, <coughs> I, you, just be careful, right, with what you're expecting here from him. I, I think we really need to treat him more as that handcuff linebacker um, or, you know, if you're in really deep leagues where you're starting five linebackers type things or larger uh team numbers overall you're in 16 team leagues 24 team leagues whatever it is so uh but if greenlaw or warner were ever to get hurt 
he'd step in immediately, and I think we would continue to see strong production from him. Maybe not at the same level of efficiency, but you know, to a point where he's very, very relevant for us. So, um, and heck, Greenlaw and Warner both got hurt this last game. Now, yeah. it was for short, short periods of time. They were off the field for only several plays, but. I mean that's that's the that's the game that's played unfortunately, and so that's something we got to keep in mind and consideration there. Former um, Packer too, Hornberg. There it is. I like where this is going. <laughs> uh, then uh, Javon Hargrave. Um, I really think that the Bengals, you know, as much as Joe Burrow has improved with his health and and the mobility in the pocket and stuff has been better, uh, that that offensive line still has holes. They still have concerns. And I do believe that, you know, Nick Bosa has, while he's only notched a couple sacks so far this year, um, the the presence that he's done and, and the way he's won his matchups and what he's the disruption he's caused, um, I think Hargrave is going to have an opportunity to see some very advantageous matchups on the interior of that um, uh, Bengals uh, front and interior. And that's kind of where they've really struggled, uh, you know, Ted Karras has had a 51.1 PFF grade this year uh, in pass blocking, and Volson's had a 25.9. So I just, I I can't help but see Javon Hargrave causing some havoc back there for for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, And I'd like to think that this is where we see him notch another sack uh, for himself this season. So. And, yeah, I like that. I like that Colin Hargrave, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I love the the Sam Darnold reference or call out too because, you know, we're going to be what this game's going to be played on October 28th or 29th. What is it? The 29th. That's awfully close to yeah. Halloween. And there's a lot of ghosts around Halloween. So, I mean, <laughs> Sam Darnold might be seeing ghosts. Well done, my friend. Can. Yeah. <laughs> Javon Hargrave is that ghost. Let's go. I like that call, man. That's uh, yeah. I mean, you look at that, like you said, the matchups with those grades uh, on Karras and Volson, and it's there for the taking, right? So, yep. yep. All right. Moving on to our last afternoon matchup on Sunday, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, for, yeah, so for the Ravens, uh, pass rusher Odafe Owe. Uh, Owe made his return after missing the past four games with an ankle injury. Um, it was a really good return for Owe. He played 40 snaps, uh, 53% snap share. He got home for a sack, forced a fumble, and he generated four pressures against a tough Detroit offensive line. Um, really, really nice first game back for Owe. And this uh, this Ravens pass rush group has been banged up all year. They brought in Kyle Van Noy off the couch. He's actually been fine um he had a couple sacks himself um but yeah they they uh they've been they've been beat up all year so getting away back's nice and he could be a nice waiver add down the stretch and he's a solid play this week against arizona so um nice return for away um if you can scoop him up and need a pass rusher why not um next guy uh justin matabike um man this this guy uh he's having an excellent year um five and a half sacks on the year four and a half of those sacks coming in his last four games um, this is a contract year for Matty BK, so the timing is absolutely beautiful, right? The guy's absolutely balling at the perfect time to get himself paid. Um, just keep firing up in those DT required leagues and true position leagues because the dude's balling, and y- you can use them in DL formats too, right? If you're starting four of those and you need a guy, Matty BK is getting it done. Um, so, but yeah, it, just keep rolling them out. If you have him in those DT leagues, you're you're super happy and. Uh, you know, he's he's looking to get paid here, man. He he's absolutely getting it done, and, and he just it's awesome. Love to see it. I got him in quite a few spots, and I'm super pumped about it. 
right? Well, yeah, and, and I know he's you know he's Johnny the Greek's one of his favorites too, right? So yeah, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's Johnny. That's Johnny's boy right there. Yep, yep. So he he doesn't just know cornerbacks; he he knows a few other things as well. So Johnny knows a thing or two about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Cardinal side, Kayvon Wallace out, and not just out of the starting lineup, but out of the building, uh, actually <laughs> waived by the team. Which you know, this is wow. Um, fickle times, I guess there. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Wallace out, um, Andre Shashir, um, in, and he was playing a bit before, um, with Buda Baker out as well. Um, but with, with Kayvon Wallace out, Shashir in and beta Buda Baker back, um, Shashir was actually the one who led the team in tackles this last week. So, um, you know, this, this has a lot to do with why, um, we talk about waiting on defensive backs, um, because this is the exact type of thing we can find, um, week to week. Um, inside of our, our seasons here, right? Um, that's why I call, I, I switched to late round DB on, on Twitter because that's just, that's what we need to be doing, folks, right? Kayvon yeah. Wallace was someone you could have picked up. You know, now Andre Shasher is someone you can pick up. Um, you know, we talked about Jonathan Owens earlier. And there's just, the, the list goes on and on, right? So, you know, not to say that you can't get some of those bigger names in, in some formats in some way, but uh, just, just keep that in mind here because this is what we get. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jalen Thompson comes back healthy. He had been manning primarily um, the slot defender role. Um, so what what a Baker, Shasher, Thompson uh, deployment looks like, we'll have to pay, kind of pay attention to and see. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, again, Shasher is someone we can pick up in those deeper leagues. Obviously, Baker has a high level of talent. You know, we're plugging him into our lineups pretty regularly um, now that he's back and getting a full complement of snaps as well. So. Uh, then, uh, one name I want to bring up that I was, I was very excited about him coming in, you know, three years ago. Um, Zavin Collins, um, actually starting to put together some games. Now he's produced five pressures, actually showing, uh, <clears throat> the ability to win his pass rush sets as well. Um, he was previously as, as recently as two or three games ago. Um, he was at 0% for pass rush sets one on the season. Um, he's up to 9% now. Now, I know 9% feels like not that great, but when you were at 0% before, um, that's actually that's actually a pretty good measurable jump overall. Yeah. Um, he did not just sack last week, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a, an unblocked one, right, where they like tried to set up the bootleg, and, and Collins either read it or guessed it perfectly and was able to get home for the sack. But um, for someone whom I was super high on, I'm, I'm just excited to see him start to put together some actual production as a pass rusher. I'm not calling here for you to go out and grab them or, you know, even stash them necessarily. But let's 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 start to pay attention a little bit closer um, to what he's doing. And maybe who knows, maybe we actually um, end up putting together, you know, a usable defensive end here for ourselves with Zayvon Collins uh, by year's end. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I like Zayvon Collins. Too. I was, you know, I was a big fan of him coming out of Tulsa. Um, you know, it, it's been a up and down start for him here to say the least uh in arizona but you know he's transitioning off the edge it hasn't been great to start like you said he started at zero but he's working his way up to nine percent uh, on his win rate um yeah maybe you know it's going to take a little time all pass rushers do take some time he's transitioning maybe you know we'll, we'll see some nice progress we'll see that arrow keep going up and he'll you know turn into a nice asset and also i just want to say how proud of you i am for tackling the name Shashir like five or six times there. That was impressive because I have no freaking idea how to say that correctly as we before we started here. So good for you, buddy. 
Okay. Well, you just you just keep that in mind as I try and pronounce someone from my next matchup here. So, uh, speaking of that next matchup, we got our Sunday night matchup. We got the Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. So for the Bears, uh, first guy we're talking about here is T.J. Edwards. Um, Edwards had a down week seven to say the least. Recorded just two solo tackles on the day. Um, he played sixty snaps, good for a ninety-two percent snap share. So he played. Uh, he played plenty as normal, a hefty role. Um, just one of those weeks happens every once in a while. Um, Edwards should be fine, but he has a less than ideal matchup against the Chargers this week. You know, he's probably more of an LB3 type in week eight. But I mean, I know Edwards has been a set it guy if you draft him right. You know, one of those names you're just putting in your lineup. But seeing such a big down week, people might be like, oh, what well, did he play? What happened? Whatever. He played just one of those weeks. It happens from time to time. Um, so. Yeah, he, he was out there plenty. Not a great matchup this week either. More of an LB3, but just just know the volume was there again for Edwards like it has been. So hopefully he just gets back back on track this week. But, hey, this happens um, from time to time. Um, and then the sh- Chicago cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. Um, Chargers are an excellent matchup for CBs. Uh, rookie Tyreek Stevenson was targeted 17 times in week seven against Las Vegas. That's a freaking insane, man. Um, is that the rookie corner rule playing opposite Jalen Johnson? Uh, could be. Well, he had two picks himself, right? I, I think, think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Um, so, yeah, they were picking on Stevenson. Um, so that's that's a lot of action, 17 targets. Um, Kyler Gordon snaps ramped up to 75% week seven, playing the nickel role. He saw just 61% in his first game back from IR in week six. Um, all these guys are options in deeper CB required leagues against uh, Los Angeles. And once again, I'm going to plug Johnny's cornerback corner article. Go look at it if you want anything cornerback related. Best thing out there. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, you know, and it, that's the thing. Like, don't even just like, oh, I'm not in a cornerback required league. Like, when you get to your week sevens and your week thirteens, and there's six teams on by, and you're like, shoot, I need to plug something into my yeah. defensive back. And you're like, well, my lead, you're on sleeper right, and everyone's just piling up safeties in there. It's like, well, shoot, yep. I can go out here and I can find a Tyreek Stevenson who I can plug in. Seventeen targets. Right, heck, maybe doesn't doesn't just keep your floor in place. He he goes out and outperforms, and all of a sudden you got a, a, a top you know fifteen type play because you went ahead and you're 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 play you're you're utilizing all the assets that are available to you. Absolutely, so. it's a great call, man. All right, well, speaking of great calls, let's let me talk about the Chargers. <laughs> Tuli Tuya Peloto, it's pretty Peloto? good. I don't know where he goes. Double it. T. Double T. Double T. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so much even, easier. Yeah, right. Uh, so even with Bosa and Mac back there, he, he was still seeing 40-ish snaps uh, last week and was producing you know, a strong 13.2% pass rush pressure rate so far, um, a 12% win rate in, in pass rush sets. Um, and really, I think this is an overall very positive matchup for the Chargers defensive front as a whole. Um, but, you know, Double T, I think, is someone who, in some of those deeper formats, we can definitely be looking at, um, as well as then, you know, I think we've talked, I've t- at least I've talked a lot about, hey, these are guys that have, you know, deeper stash values or, or bye week type values, but also if a Joey Bosa does get hurt again, right, someone, he's, he's notoriously been unavailable at times, um, he can step up and give us a, a lot of great value there, too. Um, but this week against the the, the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, Tyler Bagent, Bagent, Bagent? 
I don't know. One of those two. Yeah. I can't say the easy names right, but I can go ahead and I can get all the other ones good. Um, he's only had 47 dropbacks, right, in, in his short NFL career here. He's been pressured on 15 of them. So um, you're talking about one out of every three times this guy drops back. He's got some sort of defensive pressure in his face. I think the Chargers are able to capitalize on that. So uh, you should be firing up most of your Chargers uh, defensive front this week in a very favorable matchup. But keep an eye on double T stashing them if you're not already looking for things like that yeah it's uh i, I love the double <laughs> t i think i think that's got to stick it's so much easier man <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've made it all the way to the end here our monday night matchup the raiders at the lions who are we looking at for las vegas there is no way i cannot talk about the beautiful man that is max crosby with about 12 X's on the screen for my notes because he's earned every one of them. Um, yeah, Max Crosby's awesome. We mentioned him earlier about his crazy volume. Well, he has crazy production too because the guy is a freaking animal. Um, you want to have fun playing IDP? Well, draft Max Crosby on your team and just watch him play. It's so damn fun. Um, it's probably not fun when he's playing your team, but if he's on your fantasy team, you're fine with it because he's getting you points, right? But uh, Crosby's awesome. Um, if I'm ever talking Raiders, he's going to come up because I love the guy. He's just – He's just awesome. He's fun to watch, and he's, he's fun to, to have on your roster. Um, moving on from the Love Fest, um, Luke Masterson, uh, linebacker. Uh, Divine Diablo suffered an ankle injury in Week 7, and he was unable to return. Um, I haven't seen anything new today. Um, I was busy and whatnot, so let's keep an eye on the updates on how severe his injury is. I don't know if you saw anything, Jake. Um, Not yet. Okay. Um so Diablo, after he left, Luke Masterson came in. He played 44 snaps, 62%, um, and recorded five tackles and a pass defended. Uh, if Diablo misses time, Masterson is, is on the deep league radar if you need a guy uh, next to Robert Spillane. Um, we seen Masterson pop up last year. He was an undrafted free agent, uh, like Wake Forest, I believe, or whatever. Well, all of a sudden, who's this guy? And, you know, he was you know, he was on the IDP radar for a little while for us last year as well. So he looks like Diablo's replacement. Uh, if you're looking for a guy in, you know, those real deep leagues, um, if Diablo's out and then uh, a little rookie watch here, Tyree Wilson. Um, he got home for his first sack, uh, you know, first sack of his career in week seven, um, encouraging sign for Wilson, but he's not someone, not quite someone to consider yet for your lineup. Um, I'm interested to track his progress. And, and this is obviously a step in the right direction, getting home for some, get home for a sack this you know that's getting some too i guess um yeah just uh, i'm gonna be eager to see his progress as the year goes on you know he had a slow start to the year with a uh, foot injury and in camp and whatnot so he didn't get to kick things off right away and, and you know pass rushers take time but um but yeah so you know like you had mentioned earlier you know box score chasing and whatnot right um wilson finally got one i think he was uh, in the high 30 percent snap range so not like crazy volume or anything but like positive sign not ready to put him in your lineup yet by any means but um yeah just really good especially the lines you know offensive lines real solid so um just just something to uh keep an eye on to see how, how he uh carries on this year as as he hopefully gets a little more uh a run as we go yep no i agree and and so yeah unfortunately we don't have any news on the raiders side yet with with diablo and masterson because they are the monday night game so uh, they don't have to report their first day of practice, you know, injury report stuff until um, Thursday. So, you know, if you got Diablo, you should definitely be trying to 
roster Masterson at some point. So, you know, on a Monday night like that, you can yeah, pivot away call. from that um, because otherwise, you know, you're going to be left in a, a precarious situation yep. to say the least. It's a great call. Yep. Monday night game. You got to make sure you have options. Yep. All right. Uh, last one, Detroit Lions. Uh, is it Jack Campbell season finally? Question mark? <laughs> Exclamation point question mark. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, it's 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 exciting to see 54 out of 60 snaps, yep. six tackles, um, log the pressure. The the biggest thing that's concerning to me is that literally half of his snaps, 27 of them, did come along the defensive line. Now, they faced a very unique opponent in the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens that have Lamar Jackson. So was this game plan specific? Was it specific because they wanted him out on the field and this is how they wanted to use him in this matchup? Was he on the field because of the matchup? So all those things to say, I am super pumped for Jack Campbell. My my call out or my belief was is that after week nine, when they have their bye week, is when we'd see Jack Campbell instituted as a full-time linebacker in that defense. I'm holding off on week eight here just for a little bit. I, I, I'm one of the biggest Jack Campbell believers there is, but I do think we just need to temper expectations just because of uh, the uniqueness of how he was deployed. Um, you know, if you're if you're pumped and you want him in your lineup, I mean, hey, this is a game and we're about having fun and you want to watch your guy go out there. I, I don't have any concerns with that. Um, just my personal processes, you know, because of the uniqueness of how he was out there, I just want to make sure, you know, we know what the deployment or utilization for him is going forward. So um just just one bald man's thoughts to to those wise <laughs> listeners out there. So um speaking of, you know, interesting deployments or, or something to kind of watch, uh Brian Branch uh came back but only played 50 snaps. So again, same thing. Uh, I was talking to the great John Macri before this. Um you know, is that because of the personnel usage, right? So, and that, that was, the, was kind of the big thing he pointed out. The the Ravens run almost zero eleven personnel, right? Like at least mm-hmm. in this matchup. And you know, so was that the case? You know, was it easing him back in? Uh, you know, so coming back from his injury for Brian Branch, you know, same thing. Lions got one more week, and then a bye week. I I, I could see something where they they limit Branch's uh, opportunities out there. So. Just, just be careful. Again, full slate of things out there. Go, go stream cornerbacks from Johnny's article. You know yep. something else. I, I love Brian Branch as a talent. I just think we hold off until we see them back from their bye week and know that he's going to get again a full complement of snaps the way he had been uh, to start the season. And lastly, I just because I love the guy like you love Max Crosby. I love me some Aiden Clutchinson, as I like to call him. <laughs> like uh, unfortunately, he wasn't he wasn't cl- uh, clutch enough to to help the Lions deal with the shellacking <laughs> they got. But um, yeah, so that's it. We did it, Kyle. We got through sixteen matchups, but we're not done yet. Oh man, there's more. Hey, I'm down. There's more. I got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> work is for the week. It is, man. Uh, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't like to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. We got to make this a full time job, right? Right? Yeah, that works. That's overrated, man. Uh, that this in golf somehow. Yeah, do. we'll make it happen. Uh, all right. Well, we got a Q and A segment, so let's jump into that. Um, a, a much smaller set this week, so feel free to get really deep into your thoughts here, Kyle Bellafield. Uh, <laughs> but to start, we got Donald S coming in with a couple of questions. First one, need you to start two here. Um, you know, so he, he drafted CJ Mosley and Bobby Wagner. 
but he's went ahead and picked up Quincy Williams. So I think what Donald's really trying to get at here is, could he truly start C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams? Hey, man, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Both guys are rock solid, man. Um, real, real good options. This is a great problem to have. This is, this is three really good linebackers, man. I love it. it it's good work getting all three of them. Uh, well done, Donald S. Um, yeah, um, that's I have nothing wrong with playing both Jets guys if you really want to, right? They're both super productive guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bobby Wagner is still super productive, even at 33 years old. Um, he's still getting it done. He plays Cleveland this week, solid matchup for linebackers. Um, so I'm probably going to roll out B-Wags, and I'm going to side with the other older veteran, C.J. Mosley, but – Honestly, you can't really go wrong with either of those guys. Um, so I, I would go B-Wags mostly, but I have nothing against rolling Quincy Williams out at all. So, Yep, I'm totally with you. I think I would put Bobby Wagner out there and then one of the two. Um, yeah. You know, what it feels like to me, honestly, is I think you're going you're gonna to have the same floor from both of them. Yep. The only real difference is, is one of them going to fall into a bigger play and not like fall into like they're not talented enough to make the play on their own type thing or whatever that needs luck. Um, I think that's just, that would be the big difference maker. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've always, we've taught, you've mentioned a couple of times, like, you know, uh, interceptions and some of those other types of big plays, fumble recoveries, especially like these aren't things we can count on and they're not right. things that are easily predictable. So, you know, I think if you got a gut call, Donald roll with either one of them, but I would go. I would also go Bobby Wagner, and then either either Mosley or Williams. You're, you're good either way. It's a great problem to have. <clears throat> Agreed. All right. Well, so then he needs a little bit of DB help because he was smart and he picked up Kayvon Wallace um, while he was relevant. Um, but he's not very relevant this week. Um, <laughs> so he's got some options um, along the DB side. Uh, where should he go? Jabril Peppers, Trayvon Merrig, Reed Blankenship, or Grant Delpit? So Reed Blankenship was dealing with a rib injury. Um, so, right. yeah, I know he didn't play last week. He's got a rib injury. I think he's been practicing. But, like, I got these guys all pretty close. And if somebody's banged up like that with a rib injury or any kind of injury that they could – even if he plays, could could potentially re-aggravate, I'll just side with caution and go a different route, right, just to take that out of the equation, unless it's like a super crazy matchup. Um, and Philly draws who this week? Washington. Um, anyway, but, yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to go against playing Blankenship just because he's dinged up, um, take that out of the equation. Um, you know, Jabril Peppers has been pretty solid lately. Um, they play Miami. Should keep him decently busy. I think he's got like 16 tackles over his last couple of games. I have him in a couple spots. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. And, you know, Grant Delpit, um, he gets more of that box role. I, I like Delpit. Um, I mean, Merrick's been better this year. He's he's getting a little more uh, ideal alignment, getting up a little closer this year instead of playing just deep, um, you know, like he had in the past. So he's been he's been way more productive, you know, for us IDP-wise this year. But, you know, of these four, I, I'd probably go Peppers and Delpit. Yep, so – to me, I, I love the thought process that you just walked us through. That, that was perfect. Um, I agree. Those are the two. Um, I feel like I'm going to lean Peppers over Delpit um, if Donald really needs us to split hairs there. Um, but it's not by much, at least for me. I just I really like the matchup against uh, Miami this week for, for him. And I think Peppers 
uh, has been in some really strong alignment and utilizations as well. So has Delpit, but I just I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, to 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 give a to give a number one name that that's where I would where I would fall. I apologize. I thought he needed two. He only needs oh, one. I, I think he just needs one. But but I mean, I'm going Peppers too. All right, there it is. I am. Yeah, Peppers was my number one, and then I was kind of <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. I thought I needed two of those linebackers and two of those. But uh, yeah, I, I would go with Peppers this week too. A little bit better matchup too against Miami. Nice. All right, and last one we got Kai's question. Um, again, a, a great situation to be in. Um, but he needs to start two: Brian Burns, Carl Granderson, or Chase Young. I like all three of these guys, and it's a, <laughs> it's a nice problem to have. Um, you know, Chase Young doesn't have a great matchup against Philly, but I have a hard time sitting a guy like Chase Young. He gets he's like been in the ninety percent range volume wise past couple of games too, um, or right around it, um, and he, he's playing well. I like Chase Young. Um, Brian Burns, Carolina draws Houston. Um, you know, Brian Burns had two sacks in his last game before the bye, I believe, too. Um, I'm a Brian Burns fan as well. I think he's a really good player. He's been really productive. He, he's a pretty big name on the uh, – <laughs> yeah, right right above your head, there's Brian Burns. Um, yeah, he, he's been a pretty pretty big name as far as the edge guys go the past few years. So I, I would I would side with – Chase Young and Brian Burns here, even though I do love Granderson, but but I'd go with with Young and Burns. Yeah, so I I, I love Chase Young too. I mean, we we talked about I, I think I just called it out like how much I appreciate um, his return to relevance and, and success. But I, I I agree with you on Burns. Um, I actually think I, I might go Granderson slightly over it. Young, um, just just because of the matchup. Um, Granderson against the Colts, I think. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities and, and volume there. And I just, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a gut feel at this point, Kai. Yeah. So I wish I could give you some great insight or analysis. <laughs> like here's, here's exactly why everything I'm saying is going to be correct, but right. no, nah, it's, it's just gut for me. Granderson over chase this week. So it, it makes sense, man. He does have the better matchup. Chase Young doesn't have an ideal matchup. I just, uh, yeah. He's kind of one of my guys. He's been playing better, um, yep. you know, this year. And, and uh, I, I get one of those guys that if he's on my bench and has a big week, I get mad, but at myself. <laughs> but I, we, honestly, Granderson is. We talked about him earlier. He's having a really good year. He's a really good play. You can't go wrong. Um, I, I get, I get the argument for Granderson over Young for sure, man. Yep. All right, man. Well, that was it. Just, just a few questions this week. So. That wraps us up here um, at the IDP show for our week eight, week eight preview. Um, a huge shout out again to Kyle Bellafield stepping in here, helping out um, on the fly. So, Kyle, um, I don't know if you just want to plug some of the work you're doing. I'm going to let them know where they can talk to you if they want to here. Yeah, right on, man. Uh, you can find all my work over at uh, footballguys.com. Um, I write the uh, IDP waiver wire, art, waiver wire article each week, uh, drops on Tuesday, and uh, update my dynasty ranks what I can. Um, uh, floating around Twitter. At KBL54, if you ever have any questions, I don't post a ton, uh, busy and whatnot. But, hey, I'm always – I'll get back to you and help as much as I can for sure. Uh, but just want to say thanks for having me on, Jake. Man, this is a blast. It's always fun hanging with you. And, uh, man, I really appreciate it. Hey, you bet, Kyle. Hey, uh, you know, I, I I love talking to you. I, I, was, I got my first chance to really work with you. What was that, like last February when we did yeah. the, the IDP school stuff? So, that was fun. Uh, Chop chopping it up with you is always a friggin' blast. Um, you know, I I'm sad that it came at the cost of spending time with Evan, but again, you know, Kyle Kyle time is the best time, man. So 
<laughs> appreciate it brother <laughs> all right well th- thank you kyle and thank you to all our listeners you know and good luck in your week eight matchups <laughs>